All right, well, this is the last hoorah right here, right? Um, we don't have much time at all because I think the others are going to be making their way over here um, in about 25 minutes or so uh, to get a group picture, I'm told. So don't run off. Um, I, don't, I guess, Carlene, are you in charge of the picture? We'll figure it out. Um, somebody's going to take a picture at 945 is all I can tell you, right? Um, so just be aware that there may be some folks coming in, and I don't have a whole lot more to add to what we've already said this weekend, so we're just going to kind of do a 30,000 feet flyover view review and hopefully help this tie together in some shape, form, or fashion. But before we get into that, um, obviously the, the obvious we wanted to say on, on behalf of me, on behalf of the family, we are so thankful that we were allowed to come and be a part of this again this year. It's been um, our blessing, joy, and privilege to be able to reconnect with you and to have some conversations with you um, over the weekend. And we are um, very thankful that we've had this opportunity. And um, we can assure you we have been much more blessed by being here this year than you have been by being here. It's been an encouragement to us. So thank you very much for allowing us to be here. Thank you for being here and giving us an opportunity to reconnect, even if it was just briefly uh, in some cases. So I wanted to say thank you for that. And also just to say thank you for how um, generously you as a church and you, many of you as individuals have uh, come alongside of us in this new effort. Thank you for your prayers for us in this effort. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing when we think, and I haven't crunched the numbers because I'm not a big number cruncher, um, but I haven't crunched the numbers, but I would estimate that probably 75 to 80% of all of our support and partners come out of First Baptist Church, Tullahoma. Um, so without you, um, we wouldn't be where we are, and we are thankful to you for all of the prayers, for reading the newsletter, um, for uh, lifting us up, for those of you that give monthly, for those of you that have given one time. We are humbled, and we are grateful, and we are thankful for you. So. There's that. Thank you very much for your, your encouragement, your support. So we've been talking this weekend about the family of God and what it looks like to be part of that family. It begins with birth, right? So we are born again. We are spiritually born into the family of God. The Word of God somehow, in some way, is sown in our hearts and by the miracle of the Holy Spirit of God, He develops that seed. Sometimes it happens very quickly. Sometimes it happens over a period of days or weeks or months or years. But He develops that seed. And at some point, the Spirit breaks and we are delivered. We are born again. We are given spiritual life. And when we are given that spiritual life, we call out to God. We call upon His name and we are saved. We turn from our sins in repentance, we put our faith and our trust in Christ for salvation, and we are brought into the family of God, the universal family of God, the extended family of God from many nations, from many tongues, from many tribes, one day from every nation, from every tongue, and from every tribe. We are part of that large family. It's always been amazing to me that I can go to another country and I can encounter someone 
who does not look like me, they don't smell like me, they don't eat the same foods that I eat, I can't even understand their language, and yet, because they're a Christian, there is more camaraderie and fellowship between me and that person who is different from me in every possible way than there is with me and a neighbor who doesn't know Jesus. Isn't that just a miracle? And some of you have experienced that. And it's just unreal how the Holy Spirit makes us one family, uh, even universally with other believers from around the globe. But He also brings us into a more immediate family, our family of God that we worship with together locally wherever we are. And ideally, that family of God is going to have people all along this spectrum of maturity and growth. Now keep in mind, this doesn't just have to do with age. We're not just talking about physical age here. We're talking about spiritual age. So we have children, God willing, in the family of God. Children that have just come to faith. New believers. They may be children physically. They may be teenagers. They may be young adults, adults, senior adults. It doesn't matter. When, you, when you're born again, listen, you can be 70 years old, and when you're born again, you're a child. You're spiritually a child, and you grow, and you grow the Lord willing into young men who are strong in the faith. You grow into young women who have a good testimony with your family and with your home in a culture that doesn't value family and home. Then you continue to grow and develop and mature into older women who can nurture and encourage the younger women. You grow into older men who have wisdom and experience from walking with God and knowing Him. And this becomes part of our sanctification. The family of God, the saints of God who encourage us, who pray for us, who disciple us, who walk along with us, who rejoice when we rejoice in these high points, who weep with us when we're in the low points. God provides us with the family of God and He provides us with the Spirit of God within us who will capitalize on the Word of God as we read it and as we study it and as we meditate it to shape us and to mold us and to chip away at our sin, to chip away at our selfishness and to mold us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He uses the saints, He uses the Scriptures, He uses the Spirit to make us more like Jesus as we travel this sanctification road. But it's inevitable that on sanctification road, there's going to be some lows. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be some trials. That's when we need the family of God to reach down and lift us up and to encourage us and to hold us. There's going to be times when we take a sharp right turn or we take a sharp left turn and we leave the path and we begin to fall into sin and we get on a trajectory that's going to lead us to sin And we have to trust the Spirit of God to convict us. We have to trust the Spirit of God to discipline us. And if that doesn't get it, then we have to trust the family of God to put up a barricade of Matthew chapter 18 and come after us. I know Matthew chapter 18 is often talked about as church discipline. I don't like that term. The Spirit disciplines. But it's the church reconciling. That's what I wish it was called, the church reconciling. Because you go to your brother not in hopes that you can punish your brother. You go to your brother in hopes that you can reconcile your brother to the family of God. So the the family of God comes and puts a barricade and, and practices Matthew 18 in order to reconcile you back to the family of God. And thank God many of us many times turn around and get back on the straight and narrow path of sanctification which leads to our salvation, right? But there are those who do a U-turn. And they go back to the world, and they reject Christ, and they reject 
any kind of correction. They reject any type of accountability. And 1 John 2.19 tells us that those people were never part of us. That they give evidence by their rejection and by their exit ramp that they take off of Sanctification Road. They show us that they never were of us. As we're walking Sanctification Road and as we're growing and as we're maturing, what should we be doing? We should be sowing the seed of the gospel. And that's a pretty pitiful seed right there, but that's a seed. I almost drew an arrow to it and said, seed. But I'll just tell you, that's a seed. And how do we sow the seeds of the gospel? First of all, by praying for the lost. Vertically praying for the lost. We pr- then we speak. What do we speak? We look back to the cross and we speak the gospel. That God is holy. That we're not holy. That Christ Jesus came to make us holy by His life, death, burial, and resurrection. And that we can be made holy and righteous and pure through the blood of Jesus Christ, if we repent of our sins and we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we speak what we know, the good news of Jesus Christ, and we testify to what we experience on Sanctification Road. Let me tell you how God rescued me from my trial. Let me tell you how God rescued me from my sin. Let me tell you how God blessed me in this moment of revival and hope. Let me tell you what God is doing in my life. Yes, I believe the gospel. I speak the gospel. I know the gospel. But let me also testify to how that practically works out in my everyday life. And then we persevere because it's not going to be easy to sow the seed. It's not going to be easy to reproduce in this kingdom of God. It takes prayer, speaking, and testifying, and persevering. And as we persevere to the end, we cross over This line, death, are we supposed to be looking at death? Are we supposed to be focusing on death? Are we supposed to be thinking about death? No, we look beyond death to what comes after death. We look beyond death and we look towards a future resurrection when this perishable body is going to put on an imperishable body, when this mortal body is going to put on an immortal body, when this flesh is going to put on a glorified body, body and we will see Jesus and we will be like him and we will live for him with him forever and ever and ever amen that's what this family looks like and that's the family we get to be a part of and I hope I hope that makes sense somebody asked me I don't remember who it was I was sitting with Ed Dorman they said so what is the point of this what's the application of this weekend and I'm like I don't know, and I think Ed said, I think I know, and I meant to get with you this morning and say, Ed, what is the application? What's the, <laughs> tell me what the, I don't really know. I don't know what the application is other than to convey to you, here, here is to convey to you the wonderful miracle and value and beauty and wonder of the family of God and what he's done to bring us together into this room this morning. What He's done to bring you together as a church. And what He's done and is doing to bring us together at His throne one day where we will worship Him and praise Him for all eternity. We're looking forward to that day. I wanted to, just as we talk about the gospel reproducing before we're finished, I just wanted to make you aware that I have some tracks up here. You may have seen some at the church that look kind of like this. This is a new a new variety. Um, and it's called, Will You Be Holy? I think we live in a culture where everybody believes they're a Christian, 
But the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You know, he who began a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it. He who has declared you holy and righteous is going to practically work out that holiness and righteousness. So the question we want to ask is, are we holy? Will we be holy as we stand before God? And the first page of this tract just makes a statement that God is holy. And if you were to use this tract to share with, you could point out that the background is pure, the background is clean. It's spotless, just like God. The crown points us to the reality that he's going to judge us one day. He's our king, he's our lord, he's our master, and his, he's going to judge us based on his standard of perfection and holiness and righteousness, not on our standards. The bad news is, if you see from this page, we are not holy. Our, according to the background, we are stained, we are dark, our our sins have darkened us, they've blinded us, they've stained us. There's a tombstone down here which reminds us that Ephesians 2 tells us we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We're not sick, we're not just in bad shape, we're not paralyzed, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. And what can a dead person do? A dead person can't do anything, right? So there's nothing we can do to correct the problem that this perfect holy God has with us. We've fallen short, we have sinned, we've fallen short of His glorious standard and we can't pray enough, we can't give enough money, we can't go to church enough, we can't be good enough to correct the problem God has with us. We are guilty before a holy, perfect, and righteous God, and He's not going to lower His standard for us. So we're in deep, deep trouble. The good news is that God is not only holy and just, but He's also love, and He made a way. By coming to, the earth, coming to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ, who lived the sinless, spotless, perfect, righteous life, as you see by this background, it's pure, it's clean, it's spotless, it's stainless. He lived the life God requires of us. And then the letters on this page are red. He shed his blood to cleanse us, to wash us, to purify us from all of our sin. And we can have that blood applied to our life and have our lives washed, clean, pure, righteous, and spotless if we will turn away from our sin and put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. There's a website on the back of this track as well, that has a uh, video that basically walks through this track. It shares the gospel. It doesn't have my ugly mug in it. It um, does have my voice, but it's just videos so that I wanted to make it generic where anybody that wanted to use it could use it and tie it back to their church or tie it back to themselves so that it's not about um, the guy talking, but it's just about what's being said. So if you can give these out. Somebody can pick one up, go to the website and hear a more full explanation of the gospel. You are free to take all of those uh, before you leave here today for a small donation. Uh, I'm kidding. You can take all of these before you leave here this morning and take those with you and give them out or, or read them for yourself or do whatever you'd like to do with them. So know that they're up here and they are free for the taking, okay? Last thing I want to say is about this gospel. We talk about, let me make sure i got time for this. We talk about the gospel and how it brings us into the family of God. And the gospel is what causes us to be born again. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. But I want to remind us that the gospel is also what we need to grow in our faith. We, we, I often get eye rolls because we try to talk about the gospel, talk about the gospel, talk about the gospel, share the gospel. And I've had people say, I mean, I've already come to Christ. How many times have you got to... Tell the gospel, you know. Well, the gospel is not only what saves us, but it's what sanctifies us. Because think about this. 
We start with the holiness of God and we see the holiness of God and in the mirror of the holiness of God, we see our own sinfulness, right? I don't see my sinfulness when I look at Larry. Me and Larry are both sinners. I see my sinfulness when I look at God, who is not a sinner, who is holy, who's perfect, who's righteous. And then when I see my sin, I have to look for an escape from my sin and I can go to works, I can go to religion, I can go to the world, or I can go to Jesus. When I see the holiness and righteousness of Jesus, when I see the sacrifice of Jesus, I run to Jesus. And when I run to Jesus, I'm brought to repentance, and I'm brought to faith, and I'm transformed. And when I'm transformed, after I'm transformed, can I see the holiness of God better than I could before I was transformed or worse? Better, right? I can see it better. So when I see the holiness of God better and more clearly, guess what it reveals when I look in that mirror? Even though I've been transformed, even though I've been saved, when I look in the mirror of the holiness of God, even after being saved, I see my sinfulness even more clearly. And when I see my sinfulness more clearly, what do I do? Do I pull myself up by my bootstraps? Do I try to do better? Do I try to work harder? No. You know what I do? I run to Jesus again. And when I run to Jesus, you know what I do? I repent and I put my faith in Christ. Not to be saved, but just because that's my only hope. My repentance grows. My faith deepens. And then when I come out on the other side of that circle, you know what happens? Man, I see the holiness of God even better. And when I see the holiness of God even better, I see my sinfulness even more. And when I see my sinfulness even more, I run right back to Jesus, repent, put my faith in Him, and I see God even more. That's why Jesus said eternal life is this, that they may know you and the one who sent you. Or the one that you may know me and the one who sent me, that we may know God. That's what eternal life is. Knowing God more and more and more and more and more. It's just like a cycle that we go through of increasing repentance and in deepening faith and a deeper knowledge of God and a deeper knowledge of ourselves. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't need anything else to grow but the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So I hope you've heard it this weekend. I hope you've been reminded of it this weekend. I hope you've believed it this weekend. I hope you're embracing it in a deeper way this weekend. And I hope you've been changed by being here this weekend. Let's pray and then let's hang out for pictures. That's what we all came for, right? A picture. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that we have been born again to a new and living hope. We've been given spiritual life called upon your name, we've repented, we've put our faith in you, we've been justified, we've been adopted into the family, this diverse family of children and young men and young women and older men and older women, and we are maturing as we travel sanctification road with the help of the saints, with the help of the Spirit, with the help of the Scriptures as we are molded more and more and more into your image, as we look forward to the day when we are like you. Looking forward to the day that we will see you as you are. Looking forward to the day that we will come like you. God, I pray that you would help us to dig down deep in the gospel. Looking to your holiness. Looking at our sinfulness. Clinging to Christ, our hope. Living a life of repentance and renewed faith in Him. 
as we continue to grow and continue to walk with you. God, I pray that you've spoken to us. I pray that you've encouraged us. I pray that we leave here refreshed, physically tired, but spiritually refreshed. We'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.